going on everybody hello again and welcome back to another episode of the watch report with me jean-luc watch that's right clap it up make some noise get excited wherever you are we are back again with another episode feel the fervor feel the fire feel the energy that is the watch report oh my goodness we got so much to talk about in the world of sports today specifically in the world of boxing we're gonna cover that right now with Javante Jake Davis and his performance against Hector Garcia as well as Javon Boots in his in his performance in against Karen Shukajan or Karen Shukajan in the watch away division what that means for his career going forward and we're gonna do that right here right now just remember we're available on YouTube and all platforms so please Please share and like the channel and follow so we can get this ball rolling and build this empire together like we're trying to do. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it with stepping into the ring. That's right. Ring the bell. Let's get it started and let's get this belt underway of dissecting the fights that happened this weekend. So for round one. We're going to talk about Javon Boots and his, and his performance on the card of Javante Tank Davis and his performance against Karen Shukajan in this welterweight belt as he moves up and builds his cachet and builds up the hype train that is Javon Boots and his, and his career. And right now, I'll say this first of all. I haven't gotten to see Javon Boots in this a lot. I've been I've missed his fights not because I've been trying to. I said I just I just, every time they come up, I only get to see highlights. I never get to see the actual full performance. And normally, when you watch Javon Boots in this, it's normally just highlights in the fight because what has he been doing? He's been blowing away the competition every time he steps up in the welterweight division. Every time he goes to fight, it's been knockout after knockout after knockout, consistently putting on just incredible highlight reel performances, showing off his power, showing off his speed, showing off just the, all the physical capabilities and the natural fighting instincts that he has in the division and in himself. So it's been an incredible rise to watch him go up and consistently put on these breakout performances, no doubt about it. But in this fight, this was the first time that Boots has had legitimate opposition against him in well his now 30 fights again now with this win he's 30 you know but in this fight he, he, he was with 29 wins with 27 knockouts phenomenal absolutely phenomenal the man is a powerhouse undisputably but he had not been tested i'm not no i'm not talking about tested as been put into the brink i'm talking about tested against against an opponent that causes his dominant style not to be as effective as normally is against every other uh, proponent of competition, which is the truth when it comes to Jerome Boots Ennis. We've seen him. We, we've seen the hype. We've seen all the the gifts that he has as a fighter. But we haven't seen those gifts stretched to the fullest extent. We just, we just haven't. We just haven't. And we haven't seen him really be challenged like he was against Sugar John. And Sugar John, say what you want about him. He's all he was also undefeated. He was again twenty one and zero, but in, coming into this fight, he was somebody that is whether he go whether he's under the radar or not amongst your eyes, a legitimate talent in the welterweight division. So because of that, what was he going to do against Boots Ennis to get to get him? from just getting blasted like Boots Ennis has done against every other opponent. Well, what he did was something that we've talked about with other fighters on this channel and something that a lot of the boxing public 
chooses to call running when in fact it is using his legs to keep out of danger. Not running, but making sure that he's never in a situation where he's in, in too big of a risk. That's what Sugar John did. And it was good boxing. It was good at distance boxing. Great footwork, keeping distance, making sure to keep him off balance, constantly shifting side to side, constantly using different angles of and different looks, different paths of, of escape in order to keep Jerron off his game, which is something that many other fighters just had not been able to do. This was Boots' toughest test, and it's because of the fact that he went against a disciplined fighter that kept to a game plan and knew how to execute it, and he executed it by using his feet and by using the ring, not letting himself get cut off when it, when Juan would get in range and would get into his rhythm. He would always keep him at a distance on his back. Well, not necessarily on his back foot, but circling around the ring. They'll say what you want. Could call it whatever. Ooh, he's just trying to survive. Ooh, he's not trying to fight. No, his game plan was probably in order for him to, to if he was going to win, was going to be circle around and let, you know, Jerron tire himself out a little bit and then pot shot him and as the fight went on with a larger volume before inevitably winning rounds because of that volume, because of making Jerron miss a whole bunch, which he did make him miss a whole lot in this fight. Had good defense and good good um, uh, distinction of range when it came to fighting Jerron Boots in it. And inevitably in the fight, do just enough as the rounds built up with his offensive attack to inevitably get the unanimous decision. Now, he didn't do enough offense, granted. He didn't do enough offense in order to legitimately score and win against Boots. No, he didn't. No, he 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 was he he had flurries. Don't get it twisted. He had flurries. He was connecting. And in my opinion, if he had let his hands go a lot more in the fight in combination with his Dancing style, using the ring, using distance, and not letting, not ever being in just one place at one time, not letting Boots be able to just load up and just have find success on shots, which he was doing. Boots did say that he was trying to come in and make a statement by going for the knockout, looking at Mike Tyson, watching film of Mike Tyson, and all that stuff. He didn't fight like Mike Tyson. If any, the only thing, the only thing he fought in terms of Mike Tyson was a subtle. Um, peekaboo style weave to close distance on 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 Shukajan in the corner. Outside of that, it was big shot after big shot after big shot. Some connecting, some connecting, but most of them missing, and most of them, if we're gonna be real, using a bunch of excess energy that just didn't need it, that just didn't need to be used. Yes, he was controlling the pace of the fight, but he was using a lot of energy and a lot of again flailing attacks that. I don't want a fighter of his caliber throwing at this level in the boxing world at this stage in his career. But with him in this fight, Sugar John, Sugar John did what what he, he did what would have worked, but he didn't implement the second part of the game plan, which was letting his hands go and letting scoring shots flow from his from his hands because he was finding success when he put his feet down and legitimately went to trade with 
boots. He found success. He was scoring. He won some rounds because of that. The only problem was he wasn't doing it enough throughout the fight. He was consistently making a miss, sure, but at the same time wasn't giving anything for the judges to really score. And that's why people called it more so, ah, he's running. Ah, he's just trying to survive or whatever. No, he was trying to win. It was just the fact that he wasn't implementing the second part of the game plan that would have allowed him to win if he had let his hands go and let more combinations flow to the head because he was trying to success going to the head of Jerron Boots Ennis. Yes, Jerron has, you know, he's got the peak, not, not peak of boots, excuse me. He's got the Philly show defense. He's, you know, he knows how to turn the shoulder, use his hand, use his rear hand to guard the head and to guard the body, all that stuff. He knows what to do, but he, 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 stuff was getting through. Stuff was getting through, and he was at one point in time just eating shots if your boots in it. See what she's eating shots. And granted, you show off his chin, soft, and yeah, you know, you didn't hurt me. Okay, that may be the case, whatever, but be glad that Shuka John didn't take up, didn't oblige to that target of, oh, you're just going to eat the shots. Okay, I'll keep feeding them to you. Because, hey, this might have been a different story. Because, again, boots is great. Don't get it twisted. But he was taking more shots than I would have liked once Shuka John chose to be aggressive in those trades but in spite of that Jerron still showed a phenomenal a phenomenal performance and Jerron showed why he is such a threat in this division he was able to keep up pace he was able to even despite what I say about his flailing shots he was able to keep pace and keep on throwing those shots throughout the fight and it was, it, again, it was a thing to behold. You saw the piston-like jab. You saw the ability to close the distance even when he doesn't do anything. Even just walking him down, the presence and the understanding of how to cut off the ring is there. Can be better, but it's there. Combination is there. The power is there. You feel it when he throws. You see it when he throws. Again, credit to Sugar John. He's got an amazing chin. Don't get it twisted. He does have a really good chin. And good durability and good resistance to punch. Now, granted, it could be because of that big beard that he had. Jerron Boots in his head too. I think I don't think that your beard should be that big when it comes to fighting. You should have some, some sort of standard of trimming it down like they used to back in the day. Because that's an extra layer of protection. You want as even of a playing field as possible, even if it's naturally grown. But when it comes to boots. All the intangibles of him as a fighter is there. There is a reason why we are touting him as the next up, not just in the, in the heavyweight division, but in all the world. He's got it. He really does. He really does have that it factor when it comes to a boxer that has the ability to potentially clean out a division. He's got it in terms of potential. But what I don't see from him, as much as I want to tout and love on him and sing his praises for everything that he showed in this fight, he still has stuff to learn if he wants to fight people like Spence and Crawford. He does. It's, it's, it's a cold-blooded truth. He's right now can beat the majority of the people in the division. Cool. Phenomenal. It just shows in his youth how great he is. That's great. The one thing that he can't do, he can't beat Spence and he can't beat Crawford. He's not there yet. 
The reason why is because of the fact that while he shows all this good stuff, there are holes in this game that Terrence Crawford just and, and Spence just aren't going to allow to happen. They're just not going to allow it to happen. They're just not going to allow it to happen. See, you saw him have to figure out how to consistently score against Sugar John in his last fight. You saw it. The power wasn't taking him out. He wasn't just bullying him in terms of, ah, I just throw my weight around and just, just clip you at any chance that I got. You saw him have to think and you saw him have to chase and you saw him have to adapt to a style that, to be perfectly honest, he wasn't comfortable. He wasn't comfortable with that. He was not comfortable with having to chase down somebody of the caliber of Shukajan in terms of his ability to use the ring to his advantage. He wasn't used to that. And because of that, you saw a little bit of frustration. And you saw a little bit, just a little bit, of fatigue. Not a lot, but fatigue from throwing, like I said in the first part of the this, of this, of this show, a bunch of wailing big shots that he was trying to take him out. Now, again, I'm not saying he's going to do that against every opponent. No, I'm not saying that. But we do know what he wants to do. He wants to end the show in high fashion. So that may lead him to overcommitting on a lot of shots like he did against Sugar John. Now, Sugar John wasn't trying to counter. He was more so trying to tire him out and survive and then pot shot. Flurry of combinations. I wish he had thrown more. Fight could have been a little closer. Even though it was a majority of the time a domination. But with Ger- with Jerron going up against people like Spence, going up against people like Crawford, you're going up against two people that will take advantage of those holes that he has when he goes to try to just end the show with big shots. When he overcommits and nearly spins himself around trying to land big shots. When he chooses to stand in the pocket and try to try, try, try to you know sway off shots or trade. The IQ of Jerron Boots and this is good, but it's not to the caliber of somebody like Spence or somebody like Crawford. The two people that right now are the best competition for. Them. But you'll see somebody like Spence have a continued motor, like I've said on this show, and have the ability to and the willingness to get in the pocket and go to the body, even on a bigger opponent like Jerron Boots Ennis, who, again, is bigger than a lot of people in the heavyweight division. On top of that, he's got an incredible jab in terms of Spence that will be able to connect on Boots as well as having the ability to not just connect, but take it, take control of the fight using that jab, keeping that pressure up. And he will break through that Philly shell. And and, and if you think Spence will break through that Philly shell, Jerron, you better believe that you'll get somebody like Terrence Crawford have the ability to break through and and take it to him. Legitimately. Because what Spence has in power and blunt force, Crawford has in precision. Precision and adaptability. Those two things are things that I'm fearful of, scared of, when it comes to John Boots and his fighting them too. 
the, both of them would be good fights. I'm not saying that the disparity of the of those three is just insurmountable. No. Every fight we see why Boots is closing in on potentially grasping a title. We see it. I'm not questioning that. What I am questioning, though, is once he gets to that level, once he gets into the ring, how is he going to be able to adapt to fighters who can both do what he does just as good as well as fight in a style that is not conducive to what Jerron Boots Ennis likes to face? Again, you can call it running all you want. Sugar John was able to use the ring and make Boots uncomfortable. That's what he was able to do. That's what he was able to do for the majority of the fight. Whether he was losing or not is not what I'm getting at. It's the fact that he was able to, able to make him uncomfortable. John didn't like that. He didn't like that he was always at a distance. He didn't like that he always had to find him. And both Spence and Crawford can make that fight a reality for him when he faces them as well as had the ability to adapt to Jerron and make it so that now his style works in their favor. You're working with two fighters that have an incredibly high IQ, work rate, and adaptability. Again, in this division, I think Crawford is the best. And I think Spence is close, and that's why I can't wait for that fight to happen. That's why some people have a 50-50 fight between them for the undisputed welterweight title whenever that happens, if it ever happens. And we see what Jerron can be. But Jerron right now, I, I need to see him be able to adapt more when it comes to styles that he doesn't like, specifically styles that keep him at a distance. Moving styles. Again, no, we, we saw success. Don't get it, don't get me wrong. We saw success from Jerron, but I would like to see a little more body work. Blood would have liked to see a little better at him being able to cut off the ring. Keep him in the corner rather than allowing him to escape. He did it a couple of times, but I need to see it on a more consistent basis. For me, when it comes to a fighter like Sugar John, who knows how to keep his distance and knows how to use the ring to his advantage and knows how to move. It's not running, it's smart boxing. It's using your feet to your advantage. It's something that Boots doesn't like and I need to see him be able to adapt to that so that he can be, again, his his fighting acumen and ability continues to evolve. Now, will he ever face Boots or Spence? Maybe. I doubt it will happen before they face each other because politics and boxing, both from promoters and fighters, the fight's got to make sense. And as hyped up as Jerron is, and deservedly so it is, does the fight make sense for Crawford or Spence to take right now? When the mega fight of two undisputed champions, or excuse me, two undefeated champions, both in the pound-for-pound pound rankings, both hotly contested amongst the boxing populace, 
and are clamoring for a fight together. And they've cleared out everybody else in the division. And they're poised to go at each other. With that much money on the table, it doesn't make sense for them to take boots at this point in time. Again, Terrence Crawford fought David, whatever his name was, for BLK promotion. Spence is getting ready to fight Keith one time, Thurman, and I'm excited to see that fight. Absolutely, even though I think Spence is going to steamroll Keith Thurman, it's going to be a great fight to see. But after that, now it's going to be, it most likely is going to be Spence and Crawford. And not Spence and Boots. Or not Crawford and Boots. Because the risk reward from a money perspective just does not make sense at this point in time. Now afterwards, hey, I would love to see, I would love to see the winner of Spence and Crawford get challenged by Boots. When it happens. Oh my gosh. Now that'll be a fight. That'll be incredible. But right now. I don't think that. Boots would be able to beat. Crawford or Spence. It will be a close fight when he does fight him. If he does fight him. If he fought him today. It will be a close fight absolutely. But I don't think he has the ability to win. I really don't think he's got. He's got I don't think he'll be able to win. Because for all the power. I think it's it's that IQ and adaptability that I see from Spence and specifically see from Crawford that I don't think he's going to be able to overcome if he was to fight him. But his career is still high. He's still beating everybody else in the division outside of those two. He is still making his rank and making his rise prominent and legitimate. He's going beyond the hype, and now it's reality that this man is a legitimate contender. Now I'm going to follow his career because this brother is something special, no doubt about it. You better believe it. Keep your eyes on Jerron Boots Ennis as he keeps going forward in his career because he is something special. There's a reason why they say he's got next, and deservedly so. The brother has next. You better believe it. But next up in this fight, or in this podcast and in this show, we got to talk about the main event. Javante Tank Davis versus Hector Garcia in a fight that was closer than people want to give it credit for. Hector Garcia came into this fight and was legitimately putting up a great, a good performance. He put up a good performance. He put up a good performance. I had him winning three rounds and performing well, getting more close rounds than people want to give him credit for, more close rounds than the judges want to keep him want to give him credit for, but ultimately got stopped in the eighth round, not coming off a stool in the ninth, and Javante Davis does what Javante Davis does. Again, Javante outlanded him, 99 punches, the 55 punches, 20, 41% to 15% in total punches. Went to the end. Great controlled the fight with his jab. And had more power punches, both landed and in connect percentage. Javante Tank Davis did what he does all the time. Downloaded the opponent for the first two rounds. Started showing layers of his game in the fourth round and on. And then from the fifth 
or excuse me, from the sixth. And as the fight progressed, okay, now open his hands up. Let his hands go. Started letting the letter fly and taking it to Hector. And he did it. Hector did put up a great fight in terms of his use of the jab. Again, CompuBox only gave him five jabs landing in the entire fight. I think he landed more. Now, a lot of them were on the guard. Don't get it twisted, but I think he landed more. But Garcia was going to the body. Garcia was trying to use distance. Garcia did a good job at using his length to be able to keep Davis at bay and look in the counter. He did. It was just, it was at the end of the day, it was all for naught. Because Javante inevitably got inside, took control, and with counterpuncher, because he's an aggressive counterpuncher, found the opening, caught him on top of the head, caught him on the side of the head with a hook that severely stunned him, folded him up like an accordion, and had him reeling for the, for the latter part of the eighth round the point that at the end of the fight he said he couldn't see and 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 couldn't continue he couldn't continue now again davis showed right now that he deserves to be on the pound for pounders absolutely how high or low that's up to you he deserves to be on the pound for pounders with his performance and this fight showed that he's more than ready for the other better Garcia in Ryan Garcia. King Ryan, as people call him, as he calls himself. And that fight now is slated for April 15th of this year. That's going to be a phenomenal fight. And from this fight, I can see that even with a taller opponent, like most opponents are, and with an opponent is going to use his jab, like most opponents try to do against him. This could be a blueprint of what you see from him once he goes to fight Ryan come later this year in April. We could see Javante Davis use his explosiveness, not could see. We will see him use his explosiveness, use his dexterity in terms of being able to throw punches from multiple, multiple angles, countering, we're going to see that on display when he faces Ryan Garcia. And now, I don't think there's going to be any anything to make this fight not happen. We're finally going to get the fight that fans have been clamoring to see. So we can finally shut up all of this noise about whether or not one fighter can beat another. Whether or not who's got a better career, who's, who's greater, who's going to whoop who. We can finally shut up all that noise. Hopefully the fight gets signed on the dotted line that it's official and so that we don't have anything else to to dissuade or mitigate or rip apart this dream match that we've been looking for as boxing fans. Now the one thing that I can say about Javante Davis that I think will solidify him being able to win against Ryan Garcia, is the fact that unlike in this fight, Javante's got to throw his hands earlier and more often. 
you, we know Javante Davis has some of the most explosive and fast punches in all of, in all the boxing. No doubt about it. And we know he's got that what outside of Ryan Garcia. We know this. But with that being said, in the Hector Garcia fight, while he was doing everything that you know Javante Davis can do, slipping punches, being elusive, being evasive, counter-punching, and always picking his shots and always picking the right shots, it's fine. But against somebody like Ryan Garcia, Garcia is going to start out incredibly quick when he goes up against Javante Davis. Garcia is going to look to win those early rounds and probably win more. And because of that, the style of downloading your opponent could potentially work against Javante because of the fact that once he downloads the opponent and slowly begins to curtail his style in order to take him out, normally that begins at rounds four through six and gets fully implemented in round seven and on. But with the pace that I think Javante, not Javante Davis, with the pace that I think that Ryan Garcia is going to fight at, once he fights against Davis, I could see him losing rounds one through four, rounds one through five. And potentially now, potentially lose round six as well. Because of the, again, slowly unfolding the layers of how to get to his opponent. Like we've seen in many other Javante Davis fights, taking from Floyd Mayweather. Slowly but surely figuring out, okay, how do I take him out late? That's what he's adept at doing. If he sees a clear-cut opening like in the Voli Romero fight, okay, he'll take that, no, no doubt about it. But if he's still in the mindset of let me see what this guy's about, let me develop the game plan fully, and then go out and, and execute it, he may be down further than he wants to be in the fight. And then now he's got to play catcher. Potentially has to look for the knockout. And we know the threat of Ryan Garcia, the, the fast left hook, one of the fastest left hooks I've seen in boxing history. And just the quick speed all around. It's a legitimate threat. Coupled with the height, coupled with, again, he's got a good jab that I hope he uses a lot more. And he's got power that, combined with that speed, can stun you and can take you out. And he fights big. He does. He fights big and he fights tall. That's both a good thing and a hindrance to him. Good thing offensively, a hindrance to him defensively. Especially against Ryan Garcia. Excuse me. Especially against Javante Tank Davis. But, with the stuff that I know Javante Davis can do, with the skill that I know he has at his disposal, with the IQ that I know he brings at every single fight, with the ability to lock a computer, download, dissect, and break down the opponent and what their weaknesses are, and capitalize on them at some point in the fight to take them out. I, the one flaw that can potentially happen in this fight. Well, two. Like I said before, he starts too late 
and he gets what happened to Vasily Lomachenko to happen to him when Vasily fought against Teofimo Lopez. He started winding up and fighting round six and on. Oh, excuse me, at the halfway point, round seven and on. But lost the fight because Teofimo had bagged too many rounds in the first half of the fight. He could have it happen to him if he waits too long to try to start to gain traction on his game plan. And as well as if he doesn't throw enough. What do you mean doesn't throw enough? Javante Davis is one of the heaviest hitters in all of the sport, not just in the, in the, in the division. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. But when I say he doesn't throw enough, I'm talking about when he's inside. He's got the hand speed, especially against somebody like a Ryan Garcia. Even with Ryan Garcia's speed. With the holes that Ryan Garcia has defensively. He should be able to go in and open up with more than just one punch, big shots, big countering blows. I want to see him, unlike in this fight, use his hand, use his own natural hand speed as well to get more punches off when he's within range rather than only countering with, with, with one shot. That's me. Because the one thing you can say about Ryan Garcia, nobody relatively has had any semblance of speed that can compete with him. Javante's the only one in the division that has the explosiveness and natural hand speed to even remotely compete with Davis. Excuse me. Javante has the, is the only boxer in this division who remotely has the hand speed to compete with Ryan Garcia. The trick is... Is it only going to be one shot? Or is he going to use volume more than he did in the Hector Garcia fight to potentially overwhelm Garcia on the inside? And, 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 and catch him with shots that he won't see coming because he won't expect follow-up shots. Because normally fighters don't throw follow-up shots on him. Because that speed is deceptive. We know Davis isn't scared. And we know he's not scared of Garcia's speed nor his power. Not saying that, they, that Garcia doesn't have those things at his disposal. But the mentality of Davis, we know what he brings to the table. With that, take advantage of that fearlessness. And once you understand the game plan, once you understand the holes, don't just throw one or two shots at a time. I would love to see three or four punch combinations. Not well, not, not often, often. I'm not talking about you throw that the entire fight because, no, you will get to counter at that point from, Javon, from Ryan Garcia because he will use that left hook. He will. Left hook or the straight right hand. He will do that. So I'm not saying go reckless with it, but I'm saying once you have him in a negative position, go and get him. Put your shots together more. That's all. That, that, that's all. I want to see it more in this fight, in the Garcia fight, and I want to see it more. I want to see it more once he fights Ryan Garcia. I want to see that because I don't think that Ryan Garcia does well when it comes to a pressure fighter, and especially with somebody that has the high, as high of an intellect 
as Javante Davis, coupled with the power, coupled with the explosiveness. I mean, we saw him get knocked down from an overhand right before because of the fighting up tall posture and a defensive, we'll say, lacklusterness that he had, that he has at times when he's trying to evade punches, specifically fighting, fighting tall and leaning back with his chin in the air. Still has that problem to this day. That's something that Javante Davis can take advantage of. And he can do that by applying pressure on Ryan Garcia. It's one of the ways that he can win. Will he win? I'm not saying definitively. I think that he should win. I've been saying that I believe that Javante Davis is a better fighter, is a better boxer, and will beat Ryan Garcia. I've been saying that. And I'm standing on that. That's my prediction when that fight happens. But I know how he can lose the fight. It could be by knockout. Because Garcia is absolutely capable of that. But it also could be because in the same way that Vasily Lomachenko lost his title to Teofimo Lopez, he doesn't get started early enough. Doesn't implement the working game plan soon enough so that by rounds 11 and 12, when you're either building up or you get the fight tied. And now whoever wins these last two rounds or the last round, if it gets that far, wins the fight. And you get just overwhelmed because somebody just put on more aggressive pressure. That could happen to Javante Tate Davis because of the style that he fights, dissecting, downloading, and then choosing to go and get him. Ryan Garcia doesn't necessarily break down his opponents. He just break or excuse me, he doesn't break down his opponents in terms of outthinking them and out you know, and understanding their game plan and the holes that are at their game plan. He breaks you down with action rather than mentally. He breaks you down physically by throwing punches, by using his speed. To make it so that your game plan just null and void from the jump. He messes up your game plan by saying that by showing that your game plan won't work. Javante messes up your game plan by understanding the game plan and then piece by piece chopping off um pieces of that game plan to make it obsolete. Davis from the jump shows whatever you were trying to do isn't going to work against me. Or excuse me, Garcia from the jump shows that everything that you try to do just won't work on me the entire fight because I'm just that fast and that quick. Negating it from the jump. Garcia, not Garcia. Davis will look to dissect the game plan understand the game plan, and then break it apart piece by piece. That's the difference between Ryan Garcia and Javante Tank Davis. Ryan will outright show you you can't compete with my speed and power. Davis will look to see what you're trying to do 
first and then piece by piece, element by element, shave off and neglect portions of your game plan. Both are effective. But you can get around Garcia's. But one tank, once Tank finds out how to beat you, because it's at a more detailed level, I don't think there's anything you can do. Outside of looking to adapt a game plan from scratch. And many fighters, while they're good, don't have that ability. They don't. And this at, at, at this stage, they don't. In this era, they don't. Few boxers have that. And Davis is one of them. Few boxers have the ability to adapt the game plan when necessary. And Davis is one of them. I don't think Ryan Garcia is one of them. I don't. And now you say, well, when he got knocked down in, in the championship fight, who was it? It was against Campbell, was it? Might have been. But when he got knocked down, and everybody was memeing and saying, oh, shoot, look at it, the king is down or whatever. He adapted by just getting more aggressive. Just upping the tempo. Rather than trying to be a counterpunch, okay, he just, okay, I'm coming forward. That's how, he, that's how he landed that body shot. And boom, took him out. But it was over. That's how he did that. He just became more aggressive. But that's just switching gears. It's not, well, excuse me. It is a new game plan, yes. But up to now, that's the only gear switch that we've seen from Ryan Garcia. Up, if it's not working, time to get aggressive. Time to just go get them. It's time to just, oh, okay, now we, oh, I got knocked down or I got clipped. Okay, now I'm going to throw even more punches. Now I'm going to walk them down. We've seen Davis in multiple different ways adapt to multiple different game plans in more than just one way. We've seen him beat people using just the lead left. We've seen him beat people countering. With the right hand, we've seen him beat people countering with an uppercut. We've seen him lead people to big shots from either hand. We've seen him be able to fight and control a fight from a distance. All those ways and more, we've seen Javante Tank Davis be able to win a fight. Ryan, it's, if I'm not countering you with my speed, then I'm just going to overwhelm you with aggression. Aggression, power, speed, and just bully you. That's what it's one of those two. Either I'm looking to counter you and keep you at bay, or I'm coming forward and using my physical gifts just to take you out. That's what Ryan Garcia, those are his two primary forms of attack. They're effective. But I've yet to see him evolve from that and put in more wrinkles to his game. He's still great. Don't get it twisted. I'm not disparaging him. Those two tactics work. But against somebody that has such a multifaceted ability to fight, I don't know if it's going to be enough to be able to take out Javante Tank Davis. We'll see if it does, but I am thoroughly concerned when they fight for Ryan Garcia. Because if he got put down 
against Campbell. I believe it was against Campbell. He will get put down against Javante Tank Davis. And if that happens, and he switches the gear to say, up, oh, I'm just becoming more aggressive, well, now you're leading right into Tank's trap. Because now he's making it easy for the counterpuncher. Even with your speed. He'll catch you with a shot that you won't see, and you will definitely be out after that. But again, until that fight happens, it's going to be a great thing to see, and I can't wait for it. And hopefully you can't wait for it too, because it's going to be a blast for the entire division, and for the most, for not for the most part, for the for the most important part, for the fighters and for the fans, it's going to be a treat to happen. But this has been another episode of What Your Boy. I've been your John Watch. Please remember, we're on right here on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and every major podcasting platform. You have been beautiful. You've been wonderful. Thank you for tuning into the show. We'll be back again with more episodes covering the world of sports. I've been John Luke Welch. Peace and love. We're out of here. <laughs>